What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, it's time to go over my running back starts and sets for week three. As always, I have exact projections on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So if I don't get to your specific question, or if there's late breaking news you need, you know, a take on, then you can always see my take over there. So first game up this week, Chiefs at Colts, 50 and a half point total, Chiefs five and a half point road favorites for the Chiefs. We saw the ceiling in week one and a bit more of the floor in week two the offense overall is always going to be good right there are going to be very few games where kansas city scores like 10 points they're going to have high production but we saw last week even in a win where they scored 27 points justin watson had the best day among wide receivers with that long touchdown hardman only had three for 49 juju three for 10 mvs two for 13 so there will be weeks, again, where they score into the you know upper 20s, into the 30s potentially, and none of the wide receivers do all that fantastic. Juju is the only wide receiver that I think we can be trusting, and through two weeks, he does have a target share of about 15%. Um, I think to close the season, you know, if we look back at the end of the year, it's going to end up being slightly higher than that, but it really does seem like they're going to spread the ball around a ton, so... I think you can play Juju in the flex this week, but I have less confidence in him as a play than I did going into week one. And again, I would not touch any of the other wide receivers. For the Colts, it seems like Pittman is going to play this week. If he does play, you are starting him. I don't think they'd bring him back if he's not ready, so it's probably not going to be a situation where he comes back. He's a decoy, so if he's out there, play him. And if that happens, you're benching all other Colts wide receivers. And if he doesn't play it's like you can go to Ashton Doolin you know you could try for some of these ancillary players but I would say personally not a fantastic spot um yes they're gonna have to throw the ball a ton but they just played the Jaguars and it's like no one was relevant so Pittman or bust for the Colts for me Ravens at Patriots up next this game has a 43 and a half point total Ravens two and a half point road favorites for the Ravens it's Bateman or bust. This will be uh, the first week that I'm not taking his over on underdog. It is the first week that I am not going to be starting him, though. Um, I've liked him each of the past two weeks. But, you know, it, it's really difficult playing in New England. It's not that wide receivers can't have production. It's just that it's like the game environment itself isn't fantastic. Last week, it was like, okay, Miami has a solid defense. But we thought the game was going to be back and forth. We thought they'd throw the ball a ton. Not expecting that this week. I don't think New England is going to, you know, turn this game into a shootout. I don't think New England is going to all of a sudden go super pass heavy. So the total plays will be lower. Uh, just not a good game environment. Basically, not, not really any ceiling unless he hits for, you know, another super long touchdown, which can happen. But we can't count on that happening every week. Uh, he does have a target share north of 20% this season, which is great. But... Even if you project him for that 20% target share, given the game environment, given the you know total volume, it comes out to 4.2 receptions, 55 yards, and a 30% chance of scoring. That's the wide receiver 42 on the week. So I would probably put him back on the bench this week. That is what I am doing, and I wouldn't play any other Baltimore wide receivers. For the Patriots, depends a little bit on Jacoby Myers. Uh, he's battling through a knee injury right now, and while it's not considered serious, 
He did miss practice on Wednesday, on Thursday, so we'll see if later today he is able to get in at least limited work. If he can't, you know, if he's a DNP again on Friday, that'll be a little bit concerning. He has, you know, a massive target share so far this season. I believe it's around like 29%. So if he's fully healthy, he's going to be a solid play in the flex. The problem is even if he plays on Friday, we have to assume he's not fully healthy, not being able to practice on Wednesday or Thursday. There are reports he looked kind of stiff out there. And so it's kind of a situation I'd rather just avoid. It's not like any Patriots wide receiver is just some slam dunk. Got to get him into lineups, even, you know, Jacoby Myers. And so if he's playing, I would bench everyone. If he's out, I would say Aguilar would become interesting as like a, a desperation flex play. Maybe someone you play in like 14, maybe 16 team leagues, uh, or maybe even Kendrick Bourne at that point. But for those of you in like you know, your, your, your standard like 10 or 12 team leagues, I would just say avoid New England this week. It's, pro it's pretty unlikely one of them is going to have a, a blow up game where you're like, oh, I had to get them into my lineup. Raiders at... Titans up next. This game is a 45 and a half point total. Raiders two point road favorites for the Raiders. Uh, Renfro came alive last week, which is really nice to see. He now has a 22% target share on the season. Uh, all it took was Adams not commanding a 47% target share like he did in week one. Obviously, that was unsustainable. Um, the issue for Renfro is he didn't even have like that fantastic of a game uh, because his ADOT is so low. So even when he gets these targets, they're coming pretty close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, his touch and upside is capped because they're going to go to Waller, they're going to go to Adams, they're going to go to the running backs all before they go to Renfro. So even if we give him eight targets this week, he still grades out as a wide receiver 41. Um, probably someone you want to keep on the bench because, again, that upside isn't really there. And like I said, he, he was fine last week. He, he finally came alive getting the targets. But, you know, it took Adams getting, like, what, two catches for 12 yards? Like, he didn't really do anything. And since we're not really expecting that, to happen every week like that's kind of the low end of the production we see for Devonta Adams again until we see something different I would probably bench Hunter Redfro and then obviously start Adams for the Titans I would say no one is a must start but I'm very encouraged by the usage for Traylon Burks he looks good and you know they're scheming him looks which is important that was something we talked about over the offseason that he's not really someone that's going to consistently separate is going to be like a true alpha wide receiver just getting open on their own a ton. You do need to scheme him looks, but if you do, he's going to be productive. He's going to help your offense a lot. That's what they were doing, so that was really exciting to see. He's up to a 21% target share now on the season, and we know his yards perception are going to remain super high just given the type of player he is. Really good with the ball in his hands, really good in space. I actually think this week you could start him in the flex if you needed to, uh, and I think that he can become a weekly starter sometime within the next like one to two months, maybe in the next like four to five weeks, we'll say. So right now it's like you probably have someone better. Um, you probably don't need to play him, but he's going to slowly be more involved in the offense, slowly gain more trust with the coaching staff. And as that happens, I do think we're going to be able to consistently start him, you know, in the second half of the season. But again, right now, I was encouraged enough with what I saw last week to where if you needed him this week, I think that you could play him. Next up, we've got Bengals at Jets. This game has a 45-point total, and the Bengals are six-point road favorites. For the Bengals, you are always starting Jamar Chase. You're always starting T. Higgins. Put them in the lineups every week. And I would say Boyd, more in play if one of them gets injured. Um, I would say that this week, you know, probably not going to see enough volume to really be worth starting. Even against the Jets, I just, I don't see you needing to start him. For the Jets... 
I think both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are flex viable this week. Wilson dominated the target share last week, and he's dominated, you know, if you combine the whole season overall. But I still think Moore is an extremely talented wide receiver. I think he's going to have a blow-up game soon, and people are going to be like, oh yeah, we forgot he's really, really good. Maybe that takes... Uh, Wilson kind of returning to quarterback. I thought that Flacco would lean on more uh, a little bit more, but you know, he's still a great player. He can produce with any quarterback. Um, the positive thing about the situation is the Jets have been extremely pass heavy so far this season. And, you know, we didn't fully expect that, I guess, with Joe Flacco at quarterback. But I mean, he leads the NFL in pass times by like a mile. Like they are throwing the ball a ton. And so this game has sneaky shootout potential, you know, if the Jets can find any sort of success. We know they're going to throw the ball. We know they're going to play fast. If they can find success in doing that and keep this game remotely close, then there's a good chance that Cincinnati is also going to throw the ball a ton, is also going to play kind of fast, and this could really be a back-and-forth affair. Um, unfortunately, it's the Jets, and we don't know if that's going to happen. You know, if Cincinnati gets up big in the second half, they will run the ball a lot and play slower. But big shootout potential. Again, I think you can play more and Wilson both in the flex. Bills at Dolphins is up next. This game has a 52-point total. Bills, five-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Bills, bit of a tricky spot. Obviously, start Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't think you need to be starting McKenzie or Crowder. It looks like Gabe Davis is going to play, and usually, if that happens, you're just locking him into lives. You know, uh, when he's fully healthy, just play Gabe Davis you know, don't even think about it. I don't care what the matchup is. The problem is he's coming off this ankle injury. And while he said he's going to play, he does not look 100% unless we get some sort of news that he's definitely, you know, going to be good to go. He's not going to be limited. I wouldn't feel fantastic about starting him. Now, I think we're going to get some sort of indication about what his exact health is before kickoff. But I'm a little iffy on if I'd want to play him in his first week back. The hope is you have someone else, you can bench him, you watch the game, he looks fantastic, he goes off, and you're like, you know what, it's fine, because now I know he's healthy, I know I can trust him moving forward, I've got a great piece I can play in week four on. i just not 100% confident that he's going to be as featured in the offense. Remember, he didn't have some like massive target share in week one. So, I want to wait. Again, maybe we get some sort of news. Check the rankings this week. Um, come you know later on Friday, come Saturday, or come really on Sunday morning. Um, maybe I'll gain a little bit of confidence and I'll move him up in the rankings. But I would say I'm just I'm not 100% confident that the production will be there because of the ankle injury. And if you look at some of like the clips coming out of practice, he doesn't look 100%. So I need to gain confidence that he is before playing him. For the Dolphins. Uh, tough matchup, obviously, but you're just starting Hill and Waddle. Just start both of them at this point moving forward. Like, I don't care what the matchup is. They have such a high share of the offensive production that even in a low-volume game, even in a game where they don't do that great, they're going to get so many targets. They're just worth starting. That upside is insane. Uh, and we saw, you know, positive, um, I guess a positive game for Waddle in terms of usage. So in week one, it was like, Clearly, Tyreek Hill is the one, and it's like the two, really, for Waddle. That usage really went back to Waddle in week two, and now we can definitely say they're both just insanely productive. They're both going to have a massive share of the offense. Hill's up to a 31% target share, Waddle at 29%. I mean, having two teammates north of 28% is nuts. I mean, you just don't see multiple players on an offense, two wide receivers, getting that much production. So you're starting them any matchup. 
no one else. Next up, we've got Eagles at Commanders. This game has a 47.5 point total. Eagles, 6.5 point road favorites. For the Eagles, you are always starting A.J. Brown. So the only decision is with DeMonta Smith. He was up to seven targets last week, but is still trailing Brown 35% to 18% on the season. I really did think it was going to be closer than that. Um, I don't remember what my initial projections had, but I want to say it was around like 20, 21% for Smith and more in like the upper 20s for Brown. And so I don't think over the course of the full season, it's going to stay at like 35% for Brown, 18% for Smith. I think it's going to be closer. But even if I project Smith this week for a 21% target share, uh, and I boosted yards per reception for like what he's done so far this season, he still grades out as more of a lower end flex play. So again, I have confidence in him long term. I think he can have a really good game this week, uh, but it's still run heavy offense. And so until he starts to consistently command more targets, I would prefer to bench him. For the commanders, Curtis Samuel has a target share just shy of 23% this season, and he has over 10% of the team's carries out as well. Like that's really going to help his production in fantasy. Philly has some great corners, so it's a tough matchup, but they've been scheming him looks in each game so far. He's been productive with that. He's been a key piece of the offense. And so I honestly have more confidence in him than any of the other wide receivers. So I would be playing Curtis Samuel. I have him in one league. I am playing him. McLaurin feels a little boom bust to me this week, he's got an insanely deep ADOT. So if he hits on the targets, he's going to have a really good game. Uh, but like I said, Philly's got good corners. Uh, his target share is a little bit lower than we were expecting. And again, the deep ADOT is nice for upside, but also brings with it a lower floor. Like if your targets are really deep, you know, if you only get seven targets and five of them are coming deep downfield, it's possible just through variance, through good corner play that you don't catch any of those deep targets and you have a floor week. So if you want upside, you know, someone who can post five, six receptions for like 100, 115 yards and a score, know that he has that in his range of outcomes. I uh, just know that you're you're sacrificing floor to gain that ceiling. Like he could still have a really bad game overall. As for Jahan, I think he's clearly third for me on like the preference list for commanders wide receivers. Uh, despite the production so far, you know, a little bit unsustainable having the three touchdowns. Obviously, he got a little bit lucky in week one. He's been really good, and he's a really high-end talent. And I love him in this offense. I love him long-term. Um, I would say, again, the touchdowns are unsustainable, and that's where a lot of his production is coming from. So I'd prefer to bench Shahan. Uh, McLaurin, upside piece. I think you're starting Samuel. Texans at Bears. Up next, 40-point total, so a lower total game. Texans at Bears, obviously, you know, it's going to be a lower total game. Uh, Bears, two and a half point home favorites right now. I think they open as three points, so moving a little bit towards the Texans. For the Texans, uh, I like the potential of Nico Collins long term. I don't think you can start him right now. Um, I thought that he would get a little bit more uh, volume, I guess, to start the season. Maybe he will to close the year, but I think he's like a, a hold long term, kind of a stash, not really playing him on a season long format. Uh, but Brandon Cooks is the only one that I'd be starting, and I would be starting him every single week. He's got a very high target share. He's a very good player. He's who they lean on. I would be starting Brandon Cooks. For the Bears, I want to see their passing offense look decent for even like one half of a football game before I'm willing to trust any of them. Mooney's still very clearly their number one wide receiver, but he has two receptions for four yards on the season. Like You can't have your best wide receiver. I know production-wise, he's not their best right now, but 
he's their best wide receiver. He has two catches of four yards in two games. I just think bench all of them. Um, it, it is possible to start to put it together because they had the monsoon in week one and a very difficult road matchup with the Packers in week two. So they could start to put it together very soon. Uh, but I want to see that happen, then start them. Saints at Panthers up next. This game has a 41 point total. Saints, two and a half point road favorites. For the Saints, Michael Thomas has 17 targets on the season. He's increased to 76% of the snaps in week two, and he has three touchdowns so far. Again, anyone who has three touchdowns right now, like that's a little fluky, but. What I'm saying with Michael Thomas is the snaps are increasing, the targets are there, he's using the red zone. I think regardless of matchup, you're starting Michael Thomas every week. The real question is with Olave. I think people would be surprised with my ranking on Olave, but I think you can play him as like a low-end wide receiver too moving forward. He led the league in air yards by a mile last week while also commanding 13 targets in an ADOT north of 25 yards he's a high-end prospect he's locked into volume and the offense is going to remain pass heavy most weeks so unless he takes a big step back in total volume this coming week in which case we'll adjust going to week four i think if you have him you can play him as a low-end wide receiver too you probably don't need to you probably only need to play him in the flex but i would do it for the panthers dj moore is the only one that i would play uh, and he's really only just like a low-end wide receiver too, or maybe someone using the flex. Uh, he's got three receptions for 43 yards back-to-back weeks, adds on the touchdown in week two. But the target share, you know, it's high. But I thought that he would have a little bit more separation from Robbie Anderson. Obviously, Robbie Anderson is still like higher than him in target share on the season. I think that's going to flip. I cannot envision a scenario where DJ Moore is out-targeted by Robbie Anderson this season. So I think that's going to flip. I think Moore's going to get more targets. And if they ever have a game where they have like actual volume, they've had two very low-volume games so far, uh, DJ Moore is going to be good. Um, so I think Moore's going to be good this week. I think I would play him. I'm just not super confident, so it's low-end too. Final 1 o'clock game is Lions at Vikings, probably my favorite game of the week. The total currently sits at 52.5 points, and the Vikings are 6-point home favorites. For the Lions, always start a Moner St. Brown. His target share is over 34% on the season, and it is likely going to remain around 30%. You've got a league winner. If you picked him, please put him in your starting lineup every week. Aside from him, you could actually look at DJ Chark in like deeper formats. I don't think in like a 10-team league you need to do that, but you know, if you need him in a 12-team league, you need that upside. Uh, but anyone in a 14 or 16-team league, like I think you can start Chark this week. Uh, probably only the flex, but you know, this game can turn into a shootout, and I think it's going to be like a back-and-forth affair. It doesn't necessarily all need to come through the air, but we know the Vikings want to throw the ball, and so it can really turn into you know, a fast-paced game if the Vikings are hitting deep downfield. You know, maybe they hit Jefferson deep, maybe they hit Thielen deep, and you know, it's coming right back to the Lions. We're going to see a lot of total plays, and so if that happens, you're going to get multiple deep shots to Chark, and he's someone who only needs a few targets it's really hit. So definitely not a floor play. If you need production, don't go to Chark. But if you need access to that ceiling, I think Chark could have 100 to score this week. And so I would play him if you need to. For the Vikings, always start Jefferson, obviously. Then Thielen is also fine to play just given this is a great game. I want players in this game. He could just be on the field a ton, high volume, high touchdown potential. Like I think if you have him, you can play him in the flex. Uh, fairly unlikely he does, so definitely a higher floor than uh, DJ Chark. Um, but like, listen, they've played the Packers, they've played the Eagles so far. 
those are two teams that will run the ball a ton, that have phenomenal defenses. Like, those were difficult spots, and they still produce really well against the Packers. Detroit is going to play fast, and they have a bad defense. This is the best spot that the Vikings have all year. Expect to see this game in tomorrow's Best Plays video. Four o'clock games kick off. Jaguars at Chargers. This game has a 47.5 point total. Chargers are seven point home favorites. For the Jaguars, Christian Kirk has a 26% target share on the season to go along with 16 yards perception. He's a must start every week. After him, kind of tough. Uh, it'd be more game environments if you want to target Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. Like you want back and forth games. You want them against bad defenses because they're going to have targets, but you know they're not obviously elite players. I would say this week um, on the road against like a really difficult Chargers defense, you're probably not needing to use either of the Joneses. For the Chargers, depends on Keenan Allen. If he's out, you got to start Mark Williams. Like in, in any game that Keenan Allen misses, you play Mike Williams. They change the offense. They feature him more. He gets more targets, consistent production, higher upside. Like again, start him any week that Keenan Allen is out. Um, if he's out again, I think Palmer is a solid play in the flex. Definitely not someone you need to start. If you saw last week, like he got bailed out with that late touchdown. The production would be fine. He would grade out as like roughly into like the wide receiver 30s or so. So definitely wouldn't need to play him, but you can. It's a Jaguars bad defense. You definitely play him. If Keenan Allen is back and we don't get any news that he's limited, which I don't think we would get. Again, it's pretty early in the season. Keenan Allen's so important to the offense, it'd be pretty weird for them to bring him back and be like, yeah, he's probably fine. We'll play him like 20 snaps. That wouldn't make any sense. They're going to hold him out until he's going to go. So if he comes back, I think we can trust him. I think you play him, you play Williams, and then you don't play Palmer. Next up, we've got Rams at Cardinals. This one is a 48.5 point total. Rams, 3.5 point road favorites. For the Rams, fantastic spot. It is a very bad Cardinals defense. They should have no problem moving the ball through the air, which is how the Rams would prefer to move the ball. So it's a great spot. Uh, Cup, obviously, start him every week. You don't need me to tell you that. I think Robinson is in play as well. They made an effort to get him touches last week, especially early in the game. And I think that continues this week. I have him projected to get um, around eight targets, a 60% chance of scoring. Someone like that on this good of an offense with, you know, this good of a game environment it is worth playing as a wide receiver too. So I think you can start him again this week. For the Cardinals, I don't love any of them. I think you're probably playing Marquise Brown. I'm just not excited about him. The target share is way lower than I thought it would be with no Rondale, with no Hopkins. Like He's really the only good wide receiver they have. Um, not trying to take shots at my boy Dorch, but like He's the only really talented wide receiver they have, and he's still not doing that fantastic. Like, they're leaning on Ertz, who runs like a one mile an hour and has nothing after the catch over him. So, again, if he's the only wide receiver, he's going to grade out as a fine flex play, and he comes with upside just because of the player that he is. And so, if you got to play him, do it. But, you know, the Rams are a really strong defense. The target share hasn't really been there. He hasn't looked fantastic. And so, he's a fine play, but I probably would prefer not to play him. Um, you could play Dorch if you're in a deeper format. I'd say 10, 12 team leagues. You don't need to go there. Uh, we went there last week because, you know, the volume was expected to be relatively high. We thought they'd be trailing against, you know, mediocre defense. Now we expect them to be trailing, but against a much stronger defense, uh, Dorch is probably going to have like five for 50 
And it's like, if you need that, do it. Um, you probably need something better than that. So I probably wouldn't. Next up, we've got Packers at Bucks, 42 point total, Bucks, one and a half point home favorites. For the Packers, I like Watson. I like Dobbs long term. Lazard is the only one that I would start this week, and I would play him as a low end wide receiver, too. I do trust him this week. For the Bucks, Evans is suspended. Godwin is likely out. I would say Julio is probably likely out. We're going to learn a lot more today on Friday what their status is, but I feel like both won't play. Um, so, and even if Julio's back, like Julio's going to be limited. There's no way Julio's back this week and is like, you know, playing a ton of snaps. I would imagine that Fournette is used a ton. So, like, obviously, start Fournette. Um, but Tom's probably going to have to lean on Russell Gage a lot as well. It's not a super attractive spot. But if Gage is the only healthy wide receiver, he's perfectly fine to use in the flex. Uh, just understand that, like, you know, no one was that great last week. The Bucs looked terrible, just not having any of their playmakers on the field. They did not look good on offense. And this is a really, really strong Packers defense. It's a Packers team that will play slow. So we could see a very low-volume game, a run-heavy game on the Packers side, even against the Bucs. But just, like, a gross, low-scoring game that's not moving the ball very fast. Brady's spreading it out to running backs, to a few tight ends, to a few wide receivers. And it's like no one besides Fournette really hits. That's kind of what I'm seeing in this spot. So you can start Gage if you need to. I don't think he's a must start. Next up, we've got Falcons at Seahawks, 41 and a half point total. Seahawks used to be favorites when I made the running back video they were. Uh, now they're half point underdogs. I kind of said that in the video. I was like, this is the only game the Seahawks are going to be favorites in. And they might not even close the week as favorites because the Falcons probably should have been favorites to open up. Falcons, uh, Drake London is up to an insane 34.5% target share on the season. So while I think this week they're going to lean on Pitts, I think they're going to target him more, get him more involved, kind of like an Allen Robinson last week where they're like, yeah, we need to get him a few more targets. I'd still make sure you get London in your lineups and I wouldn't play any other uh, Falcons wide receiver. For the Seahawks, Metcalf, Lockett, they're each going to have a target share north of like 22, 23%, which is wild. The problem is the volume. They've only run 48 plays per game so far, which is an incredibly low number. I think that they were last in the league last year at 56. So they are eight plays per game lower, at least through two weeks, than they were on average last season. And that 56 last season was super low. So they are not running any plays right now. If that continues, that is going to be gross. I mean, I don't care what your target share is. It better be 40% if you're running 48 plays per game. There's just not enough plays to have consistent volume. With that being said, I'm not super scared of the Falcons' defense. Metcalf's a freak. Lockett could explode in any game in any matchup. So I am fine if you need access to a ceiling because both still have that. Play them in the flex. Uh, just understand that they're another play where it's like you're sacrificing that floor. They could each have four fantasy points to gain access to the ceiling. So if you need production, you need 12 points, I wouldn't play either of them if you're like, oh, you know, I'm cool having a four-point game if it means I have, I have access to like a 25-point ceiling, then play that. Sunday night game is going to be 49ers at Broncos. This game has a 44.5-point total. 49ers, one-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the 49ers, Jimmy G is the quarterback now. That's going to help the upside of the passing offense, especially since they're going to throw the ball at a higher rate now. And when they drop back, there's not going to be as many quarterback scrambles. So it's just positive for the pass catchers. Overall, you were already starting Debo. Obviously, that remains true now. His value is boosted now, rest of season. But Ayuk is honestly a better play now as well. 
in the flex. He has a 22% target share in the season. And again, if they throw the ball more, if they have a more accurate quarterback, someone who's going to lean on the wide receivers a little bit more, not scramble as much, then, you know, I think that he's going to be uh, really, really productive this season. Someone you're consistently using in the flex. Uh, right now, he's in wide receiver 29. Uh, I'm just hoping that long-term, he ends up in that like 20 to 25 range. That's what we're hoping for for Ayuk. For the Broncos, a lot of injuries, so it kind of depends on their final status. Uh, but Judy hasn't practiced through Thursday. It seems like he's a long shot to play, but check his status on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. Uh, definitely, you know, if his status is shaky, don't hope that he's going to play. Have him in there and then get to the Sunday night game and be like, oh no, what do I do? You need to have a backup plan at the very least. Uh, but if you don't know, come the one and four o'clock games, I would probably just play someone else. Uh, again, I think we're going to find out more later today into tomorrow what his exact status is, uh, but it seems unlikely. Hamler, though, should be able to return. Uh, that's going to help the offense overall. Right now, I have Judy projected out, and that makes Sutton the wide receiver 12, Hamler the wide receiver 55. Uh, the 49ers can definitely slow games down. It doesn't matter if Jimmy G or Lance is the quarterback. They can slow games down, uh, kind of limit the play volume of the Broncos. Uh, and so it's not like, you know, an elite game environment. I'm not expecting some massive shootout here with a bunch of passing. So I would stick to just Judy on the Denver side, especially, you know, Hamler coming off of injury, though, hopefully Hamler has a good game. He's a good player. It's just injuries have really slowed him down thus far in his career. I'm hoping he has a good season. Uh, but again, I don't think you play him unless you're in like a 16 team league, with multiple flex spots. I probably wouldn't play him this week in his first game back. Just hope he does. Well, final game of the week. Monday Night Football, Cowboys at Giants, gross, low, 39-point total, Giants, one-point home favorites. For the Cowboys, Gallup might actually return this week, but you can't really trust that, and I wouldn't play him in his first week back. So if you've been stashing him, this is phenomenal news that he could return, uh, but you know, don't plan on using him this week. And also, Dak could return in week four or five. So the offense is going to come back to having its high upside very soon. But they're probably going to be bad for one more week. Again, don't start Gallup. Uh, Lamb's really the only one that I would trust right now, especially when Gallup comes back because that takes away all those other secondary receivers. I know the results have not been there so far for CeeDee Lamb, but I couldn't see myself benching him. I, I think you've got to just keep playing Lamb. High enough target share, good enough talent. Just keep playing him, in my opinion. As for the Giants side, uh, I'm excited to see Wondell play, but it looks like that's not going to happen this week. Uh, you could play Richie James if you're in a deeper format. Uh, maybe you have two flex spots in a 12-team league, you could play him. Uh, you probably prefer a full PPR league because his touchdown upside isn't really there, and so you want to capture that reception upside. In a standard and a half PPR league, he's not as good. Uh, I would say the odds are you have a better option than playing Richie James, but if you need to and Wandell continues to be out, he's probably going to have, you know, Four to six receptions, maybe turns that into like 50 or 60 yards, maybe gets lucky and he has seven for 70. So not the worst play in the world in full PPR, uh, but you know, the upside for Richie James isn't like totally there. And I, I, I just wouldn't play any Giants wide receiver, honestly. So that'll do it for the week three wide receiver start sets video. If you have any other questions that I did not answer in this one, please look at my rankings as they change, especially on Saturday into Sunday morning on my website, thefedersfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite plays this week. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.